Hey, Dad. Hey, Joel. How you doing? I am doing good. So I was, you know, it's regular that I get emails from parents that say, hey, would you be willing to hang out with my my son? Um, he just really needs a change of environment. Um, could I send him on one of your adventure trips or could I send him out to you to have him help work on the retreat center? And uh, that has become a warning sign to me <laughs> that I don't really necessarily want those people out there. Uh but I've been thinking about this question. A lot of times there is a value in change of environment, but when when is it a change of environment necessary and when do you just need to change you? Because sometimes you can't get out of the environment, but it doesn't mean, I mean, as Christians, we believe you change from the inside right, out, Yeah. but there is a very true element to bad company corrupts good morals. Like if you're around losers, oh, yeah. you, was it... Uh, uh, Jim Rohn said, you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. Most of us think we're the smartest person in the group, but no, you're probably right in the middle. You're the median. Right? Even if you start out the smartest, you won't be that way long if you keep hanging around with that group. Right. Yeah, so when is it uh, a change of environment is needed, or when is it you just need to seek internal transformation, or is it a little bit of both? I, I would think it's a little bit of both because the environment does change. It does. I mean, it obviously affects us, you know, uh, the environment that we're out. Well, as you say, the scripture you quoted there where it says, don't be deceived. I like the fast. Yeah, he leads off. with don't be deceived, you know, doesn't he? Yeah, because yeah. we kind of think, well, I can get away with this, you know, because I'm not being influenced by him, you know. And I, I love the one where it's the, the missionary dating, you know. I'm not being influenced by him. I'm out there missionary, you know. Missionary dating, meaning dating someone who is not of the same faith or even at, in some ways, even at the same level of your faith. Right, as, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that passage talks about being not being unequally yoked. Well, I think it means Christian to non-Christian, which it clearly does, but it, it can even be somebody that's uh, a believer, but you're further down the road and you're going to be towing all the weight and pulling all the load because it's talking about a yoke. But anyway, the, the environment, of course, affects... A lot of times God puts us in environments, particular environments, to uh, change us. In fact, marriage, that's a perfect example. You know, it's like dropping a fish in water, you know. Uh, marriage is a proving ground to change us because all of a sudden we're confronted with who we are and uh, some things we may not like about ourselves or know about ourselves until somebody else points it out. And then kids is even a even a a more coarse sandpaper, you know, <laughs> if you didn't learn it in, you didn't learn it in the marriage, just have yeah. some kids and they'll, they'll teach you. Cause now all of a sudden you're seeing yourself in them. So that's an example of that's an environment you probably can't change probably. having your kids around. Like never met you, a wife would let you put them back. No, nope. you just can't send them back, man. No, <laughs> no returns on yes, those. That's... No deposit, no return. Yeah. yeah. And marriage, ideally you, you, you're, you're going to want to yeah. struggle through the challenges. So, yeah. cause it is worth struggling through the challenges. Okay. So let's address that first. Okay. There are some elements of suffering and struggle one of the one of my phrases i i kind of go back to over and over again is you got to stop the unnecessary suffering but find meaning in the necessary suffering i like that there's some suffering we just bring on ourselves it's unnecessary suffering mm -hmm. but then there's other suffering where god's trying to make you into who he wants you to be yeah. and he's put people in your life to do that and that environment you can't write that off as oh this environment is toxic right. and that's a really hot thing right now is everybody's yeah. like oh these people are toxic i had to cut them off We're like actually maybe you're toxic yeah. like who's the toxic one here um and there are listen don't get me wrong there are toxic relationships but i think a lot of times we bail out of environments that could be good for us because they're not toxic they're just rubbing on us yeah iron sharpening iron friction. yeah so you've got i mean you got two different issues going here you've got the environments that 
are work that are hard and they're working on us and maybe they're making us feel like bad things are coming out of us, but those bad things need to come out of us so they can be revealed so we can deal with them. But then you've got the teenager who, you know, he's just hanging around with losers and he's turned yeah. into losers. I, I hear, this is one of the things parents tell me all the time, God bless those parents. My son is a really good boy. Good he boy. just hangs out with bad kids. Yeah. So is he a good boy? I used to get that when people would come to enroll their child. I said, what's the problem here? He's been a problem everywhere. Oh, he just, he's a smart boy, but he hangs around with bad kids. And I just want to say, well, then he's not very smart, is he? <laughs> Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts Corrupted. good morals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work the other way around. You know? Okay, so you've got, for example, in that situation, you've got a kid who's in a bad situation um, and he gets out of it. But I've seen a lot of times that they just go, if, if the, the, the bad stuff is actually in their heart. Right? right. I mean, if you want, what's it? Jordan Peterson says, don't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. Or, yes. or as I've heard it said, don't try to teach, teach a, pig a pig to, to sing. sing. Yeah. It'll frustrate you and the pig. <laughs> yeah. There's an element, and this is part of the Christian faith where it's like, until they confess their sins, you know, when we confess our sins before the Lord, he's faithful and just forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But until you come to a place of confessing that, oh, this has really been bad what I'm doing. You're yeah. not going to help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And a lot of times um, parents keep them from coming to that point of realizing their desperate need because they're always bailing them out of the consequences of their behavior. Right. And so until you really flat hit a wall and just come to the end of yourself, you're not going to really recognize your need for a savior. You know, yeah. Uh, Finney and then... Uh, there's a guy today with Charles uh, Finney, the preacher. Yeah, Finney, Charles Finney. But uh, then there's a guy today. Oh, uh, uh, Comfort Ray Comfort says the same thing. You know, it's the idea is good news isn't good news until you know the bad news. Mm. And Ray Comfort uses the example of if you get on an airplane, a guy says here, you know, you're getting on a, a United flight and uh, they give you a parachute. Well, first of all, you're going to be a little nervous, but you're not going to sit with that parachute the whole time unless they tell you, hey, by the way, the plane is going down in an hour, you know, or in 15 minutes. Then you're going to put up with it because you didn't know the bad news. Right. And when you know the bad news, then the good news becomes good news. Oh, it didn't go down. So a lot of times these people, let's, let's talk, let's use the teenager example. Mm -hmm. uh, parents want a change of environment for them, but they don't really even see a problem with their environment. The, the teenager. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, well, um, that fortunately, as long as they're under your roof and under your control, you're able to mandate some things. Yeah. But, and, and people, I know the, they're just saying, yeah, but if I come in with rules, they're going to rebel. You know, you know what? It depends. Like begets like. If you come in hardcore, this is what you're going to do, like it or not, then they're going to go, yeah, just try and make me. But if you come in and sometimes it's too far gone. If mm -hmm. you've waited and they're like, they're already got that. You're not going to make me, you're not the boss of me kind of thing. You yeah, know, yeah. then you may just have to, then fine. You're going to have to crash dive. Mm -hmm. I remember counseling with a woman one time and she wanted me to consult with her parents and oh, she was in a, a lesbian lifestyle and she wanted me to talk to her parents about it. So they would be accepting. And I said, I said, you know what the Bible says about that? Well, I don't really care. I said, then you know what I'm going to tell you to dive into that headstrong, go full speed, do everything you can do. Because the sooner you come to a crash dive and you bust your head open, the sooner there's hope for you. Mm. So, so same what thing a, with a teenager is what I'm saying. So that's one situation. What about a person, I, I work with a lot of people who they say, literally, it's my family that's bringing me down. Like they've come to the Lord. <laughs> well, that's true. And they're in a town where they can't get out of. They're with their family who all live in the town and they can't yeah. get away from them. And they're just like... Every time I try and get out of it, the family's like, you think you're better than us? You're forgetting your roots. Who do you think you are? Trying to, you know, it's literally that crab in a bucket where the crab tries to get out and all the other crabs drag him back into the bucket. Yeah. Uh, what, 
the, the change of environment there, like what's, what, what's your take on that? Well, that's a tough one. And, um, Obviously, if you cannot change your environment, then you you have to recognize this is where God has me for now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think of uh, the, the the situation where Paul said this. He said, "Man, there's been this messenger of Satan. I mean, this guy is sent to buffet me and and just he's always beating on me and always dragging me down and always discouraging me. And I prayed for the Lord that He would take it away, and the Lord said, "My grace is sufficient." And so there was a purpose in that messenger of Satan that had been sent to, we call it the thorn in the flesh, but that's really what it was, was a messenger of Satan. And Paul knew the purpose for it. He prayed and prayed and prayed. And so I think if you just, Lord, get me out of this, get me out of this. And if he just says, my grace is sufficient then say, okay, so ask him, what's your purpose for me being here? Because mm-hmm. he's not wasting your time. He's not wasting your life. He's got a purpose. And it may not be your family. It may be somebody, it may be one member in your family that he's got you there to touch. And then just just put up with all the slings and arrows and all the rocks they throw at you. You know, again, just, and just be grateful. They're not really throwing rocks at you because they did with Paul and they, they're not driving nails through your hands and putting you on a cross. So yeah, it can be tough, but through that all, you can develop perseverance. You know, uh, I say this oftentimes that the fruit of the spirit only grows in bad soil. Mm. So you can only learn to be patient if you're with people that just drive you crazy so, and in, 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 I mean, in many ways, maybe a majority of the time, the environment isn't the problem. I mean, I don't know that it ever came. I think of uh, <laughs> Frankel. Or, yep. Yeah. When I was just about to bring up that quote, I mean, when we are, when yeah. we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. That's Viktor Frankl, the man who was in the Nazi concentration camps, said that. Yeah, and there's no way he could change the situation. Yeah. And so he was able to make the best of it. That's a really good point because, like, say that. I mean, you got, you know, your 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 spouse, you're married to them. You don't feel like they're they're bringing me down. Yeah. Their family's all around you. They're bringing me down. Yeah. Uh, the reality is you probably shouldn't pack up and leave town. Um no. There, I mean, there are situations in abuse. I definitely think you need to get out of the house, right? Right. Yeah. That's a change of environment that needs to happen. Uh, but a lot of times, it's just, it's just kind of the bed we've made, and God yeah. can still work through that, even though we look back and go, "Oh, I made a very a series of very unfortunate decisions." Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck here. But yeah. when we're like Frankel said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, like. If you can change a situation, do it. Yeah. But there are parameters. Like, you know, if you've got a job that's providing for your family, you can't just go bail out to get out of that environment necessarily. You've got to do what you can to change your situation, change yourself in that situation. Right. And and I would say with the marriage thing too, because it's so easy to say, well, I'm just going to bail on it. And you know, you don't know that you're not self-deceived. Mm. You may well be the biggest problem in this situation. You may well be the real cause of the problem. And if you just bail on it, you're just dragging that problem to the next marriage and it's just going to be just as bad. And, and, and in fact, it's going to be worse because now you've compounded it with other entanglements and things of that nature. And so oftentimes um, we can be deceived and we, we think the best thing for us is to get out of it. And it's, and oftentimes it's not, and I, I'm just particularly hammering on marriage. Cause I know with our marriage, you know, we've, we've been through some really, really hard times and it is, I realize now the sweetness that we're enjoying in our relationship would not have happened if we had if we had just bailed on it. It would have been easy to bail on it a number of years ago. It really would have been. I mean, people look at us now, oh, you got a wonderful marriage, you've always had a wonderful marriage. And that's not the way it was at all. It was very, mm. very difficult. We went it you know, we went through some really difficult times. And but we stayed in there. 
because we had made a commitment, not just to one another, I'd made a commitment to God. And, and that's what a covenant is in a marriage situation. It's not just, okay, it's not a contract that I made with you. Okay, I'll buy your car and you give me the money. Mm. It's a covenant I made with God. I will love this woman like you love the church as you enable me to. And, and she made the same covenant. So it seems like, I mean, a lot of times the situation can't be changed. When you've tried to change things, but you can't, or it's not morally right to change those things, Correct, or it's yeah. not, you know, then you need to change yourself. What are some situations you can think of where it would be important to change your environment or maybe change your environment for your kids? Um, well, dangerous. Okay. You know, for example, you know, my mom um, divorced my birth father there when, yeah. gosh, I was probably about three years old because he had threatened us. He'd been hunting me with a rifle one time. He'd poured gasoline around me and my brother and threatened to light us on fire. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> that would be a situation where... Yeah, you need to change the environment. Don't wow. worry about changing you or changing the kids or anything. Just get out of there for now, and you can figure the rest of it out later. Yeah. So a dangerous situation would be one where you need to change the environment. I think the other would be if you are, you know, biblical situations like, for example, you are surrounded by, I think when a person becomes a new believer, it helps to change your environment for, mm -hmm. a, for a while. You know, in other words, if, you've, if you're an alcoholic— don't go out. I'm going to start a ministry to alcoholics. Yeah. And I'm going to go hang out in the bar and just share Jesus with them. You know, get out of that thing. Paul, Paul said this. He said, "There's there's some things you stand, having done all to stand. When you're when you're fighting a physical, a spiritual battle, yeah, <clears throat> demonic forces. He says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, and then he talks about the weapons of our warfare and the spiritual armor. How to stand? Yeah. But when you're dealing with your carnal flesh, twice he says, flee. Yeah. Flee youthful lusts, yep. flee the love of money. Those are carnal things. So when you're dealing with things that are that are that feed your carnal nature, it's better to get out of there. Mm, you're in a, you're in a you're in a uh, motel room and HBO or whatever is on there, you know, and you're you're dealing with your carnal. Don't well, I'm going to show how spiritual I'm going to stand right here and watch, yeah, fight watch it off, you know, fight yeah. it off in with the sword of the spirit. Yeah. He says, flee that, flee, Turn, flee, yeah. flee, get away from that. If it's a spiritual situation where you know then you can stand. Yeah, that's, that is a big mistake I see a lot of people make. Uh, there was a girl that she had a drug problem I knew, and she took off and uh, you know had this revelation when she was away from all of that. But yeah. then she came back, she's like, I've just got to go and minister to those people. They're so lost. And I was like, I'm not sure that's the right place for you. Right. And sure enough, she went in and uh, yeah, fell back into it. Bad company corrupts. Don't be deceived. Yeah, I think about that. There was this group called uh, Triple Triple X Church, and they you know worked with porn stars or whatever. I was like, man, that's a. I'm oh. not so sure you, you could. That'd be a tough one. It's a tricky one. Like that's how, like how do you minister in those environments? Yeah. Without falling prey to it, I because you're, you're never forever. I don't know the man immune that's to it. Yeah. Never, that's ever immune to that. No, you know. I mean, it's just it's biological. I mean, it literally is. It's chemical. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, Anyway, it's it it's a there's just some things that you just got to get away from. Yeah. And and sometimes it's just for a season. Like sometimes with family, um I I think that's I think there are certain times like I know um we weren't in a necessarily a bad environment for Emily and I, but for Emily and me when we first got married, we were in actually a very good environment, but it was we talk about regularly about right after we got married about a year after we got married, we moved to Latin America and we had to kind of find our own feet. And again, we weren't fleeing a bad environment or anything. Right. We had a great environment, both of us, great parents. Uh, but that was really important for us in kind of establishing ourselves as we can stand on our own 
two feet, make our decisions together as a couple, not having to, cause it'd be very easy to depend on your parents. And, yeah. um, but sometimes it's the, it's kind of like, well, I mean, even if you look at Paul, Paul, right after his conversion, he was put driven to the desert or to the, or the yeah, to the desert yeah. for a while. And the Arabian desert, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And apparently God himself taught Paul, right? So there are these seasons where we're, we pull away from that. Um, but I think yeah, it has to be done with the right attitude. Right. Um, yeah. If you're just like, fooey on all of you and you move to the other side of the country, you know, yeah. forget all of y'all. I don't want, I don't need to see y'all ever again. I'm not so sure that you're going to benefit from that experience. Probably not. I mean, again, it's that reaping what you sow. And if you sow that kind of an attitude, you're going to reap that kind of an attitude in your life. And, and I think, think about it as a father. If my son did that and I had the power to cause him to see his own self, mm-hmm. then you would do that for his own good. And so if, if you're saying that, well, fooey on you, then God's got a, God's got an obligation. If he's going to conform you to the image of Christ yeah, to really kind of let you fall flat on your face, like the prodigal son. Uh, you know, the, the the father could have gone out there and carpeted the pig pen, you know, but he realized, I got to let this guy fall on his face so that he will come back. Which brings us back around to, say you've got a child that needs a, a change of environment. I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to that, that they hated to do it, but they sent their child off to, for example, they just could not get their, you know, kid yeah. off drug. They sent them off to a military school or a rehab and they felt horrible doing it, but it was a life-changing moment because some trained professionals knew what it took to break them down. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I mean, there's a military school in the Valley here in Texas that has a record for that. Just parents that just like nowhere else can go. And they, they end up producing these powerful leaders. Cause a lot of times the kids, they've got some tremendous yeah. gifts in them. That's what's causing them to be creative, yeah. <laughs> but they're, it's causing them problems. But there is an element of sometimes as a parent, the best thing you can do is force your child into a change of environment. If it's a structured environment yeah, yeah that's right. going to produce just sending them off, to, you know, to live with yeah. grandma in, in Vegas, probably yeah. not going to go well. Probably not going <laughs> to go well. I mean, unless they have, unless grandma's got a really good network in Vegas to keep yeah. around him. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he, if you send him from one place to another where there's not a structure for it. So there are times yeah. I think when, I mean, I, I would hate to send my kid away. You'd feel like you're, yeah. you know, you failed you're out of control, but a lot of times that is the best thing you can do for a kid that you've just tried and tried and tried yeah. and you're not seeing the change because of the environment. I can so, see the logic of that too, because you're sending them into a structured environment. And a lot of times there's so much resentment against you as a parent mm-hmm. that they're not going to listen to you, but they'll listen to somebody else who's saying the same thing. You know what, you know what that brings to mind? Israel, the yeah. nation of Israel. How God's so? like, if you're not going to listen to me, I'll send you to a king. That'll, he'll make sure well, you listen. That's true. <laughs> he sends them off to captivity in Babylon. Yeah. And then Babylon, the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar had to have his little come to Jesus meeting too. Yeah. Know? I mean, some, God even did that with his own children, if you think about it. Yeah. He sent them off to a change of environment and made them a little more grateful for what they had back home. Yeah. Know? And they, they were never the same again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I could really see the power in that because they're going to an environment where now all of a sudden they are kind of forced to listen, but it's a new person as well. And so, um, yeah, so sometimes, sometimes a change of environment is necessary. It is helpful, but make sure, I would say, make sure you're not running from the Lord in that thinking of, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Jonah. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it's just hearing from God. Is this something I, he's working in me or is it something I need to stay? This podcast was produced by Alex Burleson, alexburleson.com. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want more from Joelle, you can visit joellemalm.com. Or if you want more from Rick, you can visit rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Thanks again for listening.